Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome to DNI Spy. We're recording live at the Include Summit from Manchester in England. Uh, Include Summit is the number one conference for diversity in sport. It's a second year it's run. I'm Dr. Julie Humphreys and for this episode we welcome Simon Webb. Simon is an independent advisor. He was formerly managing director of Villa Vision magazine. Um, he's a Decathlon International Vision Project co-leader. He's a member of the National Programme of Umpires Association Committee. And Simon has a neurological disability, having survived paralysis. So, uh, hello, Simon. Let's let's start off with that. Uh, tell me about sure. that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I had a rare condition called Guillain-Barre syndrome. Um, on day one, I had tingly fingers. Uh, day two, it spread up my arms. Day three, up my legs. On day four, I thought probably should go and see a doctor. <laughs> um, and by the end of day four, I was blind with internal organ failure uh, and didn't know what's going to happen. Um, fast forward uh, a few weeks, I was released out of hospital after I could get about for about 30 minutes a day uh, and then gradually built myself back up. And then about I don't know, two years ago, maybe, whilst I was working in Belgium part-time. Uh, I was there for weekends, and I sort of thought, okay, I'll try and do some umpiring to help improve my French and Flemish. And I got asked to do a national league assessment over there. So I did. And I passed, miraculously. Um, and, <laughs> what kind of umpiring, first of all? <laughs> uh, field hockey. Field hockey, okay. And then uh, England, uh, the NPOA, which is uh, the people who manage uh, national league umpiring in the UK, uh, sorry, in England, asked me if I'd like to do that over here as well. So I've, I've done that, and I'm now part of a committee trying to help advance uh, diversity and inclusion uh, in, in the umpiring side of things. Fabulous. Okay. And you're here to talk about inclusive sportswear Correct. at the moment. So tell us your involvement in that. So uh, I've I've known Tess, the founder, for I think since she was about 12 years old. Uh, so she grew up playing at my club and um, been very supportive of what she's been doing. And she talked to me about this idea that she really wanted to get this uh project of making sportswear much more inclusive she's got a real passion for it, it started off in uh looking at the gentrification of, of clothing at school level and it's kind of grown from there to involve women at, at every level of sport and then also into ethnically diverse people disabled people uh, and, and basically make sure that everyone and everybody knows that they're welcome and that sport is rigorously inclusive um so she she approached me about this idea and having worked for retailers, being on the press side of things, being disabled myself and going going from the experience of being fully able-bodied to then being disabled and understanding a bit about the pressure points. Also having done product design and knowing the arguments for and against that you can get thrown at you from manufacturers, I'm able to sort of help advise on a number of different ways to support the project and make sure that as much as possible inclusive sportswear is really able to harness its potential and that we do get the change that we need. And now we're joined by Tess Howard. Um, Tess is a Great Britain hockey player and the founder and director of Inclusive Sportswear. Welcome. How thank are you? Thank you for having me. This is great. <laughs> yeah, thank you for coming. So um, tell us about this organisation, this company that you founded. Inclusive Sportswear is leading the movement for rigorously inclusive sportswear policies. So it is a new community interest company launched 
today, this morning. Congratulations. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, when have you been busy? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to pin you down on this episode for a while. <laughs> yeah. um, we are the experts in um, sportswear policies and we are developing an inclusive sportswear charter that is the best practice of what it means to be inclusive in sports kit. So for schools, clubs, um, organizations and national governing bodies, when they are designing their kit policy, how do they do that? How do they know that they are being inclusive to all groups, no matter disability, sex, gender, um, religion, body type? How do they know that? There's, they don't. So inclusive sportswear is, is that expert. So why? Why have you started to do this? Why are you thinking about it? My why is, as you described me as a Great Britain hockey player, my why comes from my hockey. Um, I have to wear a compression tank top and a pencil skort, as I like to call it, um, which is a gendered uniform. And a few years ago, I was thinking about what I wanted to do for my dissertation at Durham University. And I wanted to investigate gendered uniforms and if that is having an impact on um, participation and performance in sport. Because for me, I felt uncomfortable wearing a skort. And I didn't feel like, given that I train every day in a pair of shorts, and as do the rest of my team, I didn't feel like it was right that I had to perform my gender by wearing this hyper-feminized, hyper-sexualized uniform out in the public. And that was, so is that just for matches then that you were supposed to wear? Yeah. So we train every day. We're a full-time program in shorts and a t-shirt. And then to perform in front of our crowd, we wear um, a skort. And um, I always ask my teammates, would you run a fitness test in the skort? And they're like, no, obviously not. And I'm like, so why are we playing a match in it? Yeah. So it started with my uncomfort, uh, uh, discomfort in the sport that I love. So I'm not going to stop playing hockey because of it. But then I thought, if I'm experiencing this as an elite athlete, I wonder who else is and who is being impacted by sports kit. So my dissertation, uh, which has just recently been published. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Um, is entitled an investigation into the extent that school sports kit, gendered school sports kit impacts um, girls' participation in sport at school. So sports kit um, at school and school uniform generally is is a non is non statutory, which means it, there is no government legislation and no government requirement for uniform to be um, equitable to be uh, to to abide by the Equality Act. Um, there's no expectation whatsoever. It's a so school's they, decision, so they can just make girls wear those giant sports knickers, exactly and show their knickers all the time. So uniform in schools is non-statutory, which means that um, there is no requirement for a school to abide by the Equality Act based on on uniform because it's not the government's responsibility, it's the school. So now we're left with a space where it's okay for schools to prescribe gender norms um, through uniform, such as skorts and, and not allow trousers or, um, or shorts because simply that's the tradition. And we have, we have a space in school at the moment, which is young girls are being put off by sport, specifically because of sports mm. and body image concerns. Yeah. So that's where I started my research. And I hypothesized that there was a co correlation, but I did not expect what I found, which is that 70% of women that I surveyed have seen girls drop out of sport, specifically because of sports getting body image concerns. And I was sitting on this fact, and this was two years ago that I wrote my dissertation, sitting on this fact, and I thought, 
okay, I have to get the world out there. This is about choice. This is, this is such a such a simple solution as choice and and making um, policies more inclusive. But no one was really paying attention. I wrote an article in the Telegraph in 2021, and it was entitled "Hyperfeminine and Impractical Uniforms Are Putting Girls Off Sport." How can you be any more like mm. uh, uh, explicit than that? Still, nothing really changed. So I decided that this has to be systemic. This is a systemic issue. And through my lobbying of England hockey to change their policies, I realized that actually this is a policy issue, first and fundamentally, around choice and, and inclusion. And I wanted to create a company that would solve the systemic issue. And that's why I started Inclusive Sportswear. So tell us a little bit about the launch today. What happens? You know, you were here. So the launch has been building for several months. Um, and this morning I was on a panel uh, entitled Making Sportswear More Inclusive. And I spoke with Jamie, the director um, of, of, of the Include Summit a few few months ago. And I said, is there any chance we could have an inclusive sportswear, something to do with sportswear panel? And he was like, yeah, of course. What do you have in mind? I was like, well, I'm thinking that it would be great to launch my company there. <laughs> and he very kindly was said, yeah, of course, it'd be great. So we had two panels. We had one in the morning um, with uh, the head of Team England Kit, who is one of my special advisors, Lou Pullen. Um, we had uh, the head of Miss Kick, um, Grace Vella, and uh, a representative from Adidas and a representative from um, Her Spirit. And we had this incredible panel discussion around choice, around the importance of kits, um, the design of it um, for every single um group that you can you can think of um and about how this was this is about kit but it's actually around a greater narrative of body autonomy and being able to make choices for yourself about what makes you feel comfortable and that's that is echoes across the world at the moment with um women's rights to wear and to control their own bodies and so it was really important for me to get across today that yes this is about inclusive sportswear but it's really about the philosophy of how we um treat each other and um how we can be ourselves in uh, in sport and in society uh, so it's been a fantastic day. I'm quite exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been uh, a pleasure listening to you. I think it's an important topic, often overlooked, I think, um, and not seen as important. So congratulations on the launch and thank you for coming to talk to us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. You can find us on Twitter. Our handles are in the show notes below. And if you've liked what you've heard, please rate us wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to get new episodes automatically. Thanks for listening. <laughs>